episode number 205 of CXO Talk. I'm Michael Krigsman. CXO Talk brings together the most interesting, innovative leaders in the world. These are people who are genuinely shaping the future. And I'm, again, Michael Krigsman. I am an industry analyst and the host of CXO Talk. Today, we're talking with a very interesting gentleman, an old friend, who is named Didier Bonnet, who is a senior exec at Capgemini, one of the largest consulting firms in the world. Didier is an author, he's a researcher, and we're going to be talking about digital transformation inside large companies. Didier Bonnet, how are you? Very well, thank you. Glad to be with you. Well, it's so good to see you again. The last time we spoke was about, uh, what, two months ago? Two months ago, when you were here in Boston? Two months ago, over dinner, yeah. <laughs> over dinner. And so um, I'm so thrilled that you're here in CXO Talk. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Delighted. So, Didier, uh, please tell us uh, about Capgemini and tell us about your role at Capgemini. Okay. So very briefly, uh, uh, I, I belong to the, uh, the strategy and transformation arm of Capgemini, which is called Capgemini Consulting. Uh, it's about three and a half thousand consultants focused entirely on, on digital transformation. Uh, and of course, we're part of the, of the bigger Capgemini group with about uh, $13 billion, uh, 180,000 people worldwide really delivering the technology that we're uh, trying to shape uh, as consultants. Uh, within that, I, I uh, run the uh, digital transformation practice globally and also responsible uh, as, the, as the exec sponsor for our uh, research partnership with the MIT. So you spend a lot of time talking with large organizations and, and you wrote a book. Uh, and you know, why don't you tell us briefly about, about the book that you wrote as well, because I think that will feed into our conversation. Okay. So, so I think the, uh, the, the whole, uh, you know, without going too far back in history, I mean, one of the things that uh, surprised me, this is going back probably 2009, where, when I started really looking at this, at this phenomenon was, most of the stuff that was written uh, in the press or that you could you could see even in, in research was around industries that were really either tech industry or Apple or Google or uh, the music industry, the publishing industry. Uh, so all industry that I like or company that I like, but uh, altogether, these industry represents about 6% uh, of the world economy. Uh, and I sort of said, you know, if this phenomenon actually transfers to uh, many more industry, which I believed at the time, uh, then we have 94% of the world economy, which is not looked at. And, and this 94% this, uh, is composed of fairly large companies in very traditional industry, like pharmaceutical, like manufacturing, like banking, insurance, retail. Uh, so I, I really wanted to focus on, uh, on really looking at, at what happened, uh, how do they shape this transformation uh, in, in large company? Because as you well know, uh, large companies have been in existence for hundreds of years sometimes, uh, with loads of legacy systems and organization, and therefore the transformation is a, is a really complex endeavor. So, so we really focused on that, and I found a, a wonderful partner with the, with the MIT that was uh, willing to get along with the journey with us, and, um, and really four years tried to put some frameworks and understanding and, and data around uh, what's happening in, in digital transformation in large firms, because that, in those days, very few people were talking about digital transformation, but we're, we really were focused on, on really shaping, uh, you know, what does it actually mean 
what areas of the firm does it actually cover? Uh, where do you actually start? What kind of capabilities do you need? Uh, and really the book is about uh, uh, you know, uh, exchanging and, and, and really uh, conveying those frameworks uh, and in particular how you go about then uh, evolving and changing your organization through digital technology. Uh, and, and the purpose was really to say, you know, if we think uh, what's happening right now in terms of technology is completely magical and, and, and superb, you know, we, we, we ain't seen nothing yet. Uh, what's coming, uh, and you know that very well, what's coming down the pipe with, with, uh, with robotics, with artificial intelligence is going to make uh, this flow of technology even more amazing uh, and, and therefore the opportunity for businesses even, even bigger. But the only firms that will be able to, to leverage that are the firms that are able to really digitally transform themselves and have gone through a few cycles to really integrate this technology for business benefits. So, so that was really the, the, the story of how we, and uh, so after four years, we, we published that book. And then since then, we've uh, continued drilling down into the topic uh, in, in a more precise uh, segment of the, of the digital transformation journey. So I, I, I remember when you were doing that research before you published the book, and at that time, digital transformation was a relatively new concept, and you were right on the cutting edge. Today, if we fast forward four years, digital transformation has become kind of this, this almost meaningless buzzword. It, every marketing department, every business marketing department it seems, has adopted the phrase, and it means whatever they want. And, yeah. so, and so, so from your standpoint, having been researching this, and really one of the, the pioneers in this, what does digital transformation actually mean? If we strip away the jargon and the hype, what is, it, what is digital transformation? Yeah, yeah so, so I think you're right. I mean, the, this, uh, um, today, you know, you, you, it, everybody was either selling a product or, or doing something with technology is, you know, using the term digital transformation. And unfortunately, I couldn't come up with anything different. So I, I will, will stick with that for now. But, but to me, it's kept its, its original meaning. It's, it's really how do you uh, fundamentally transform the business operation and the customer experience uh, or the business model of a corporation through the use of digital technology? And the emphasis is really not so much on the beauty and, and the power of the technology, but more on its effect. Uh, on organization uh, for the benefit of the customer or productivity or efficiency or, or whatever. So I, I still really, in my head, every time I, I, I talk to a client or, or, or I start to figure out a, a problem around that, really try to think in terms of, uh, you know, connecting with my customers, uh, which are themselves changing and getting more digital uh, about, uh, as, as you know, today, the operational side is really uh, taking great prominence with, with the internet of everything, but also automation and artificial intelligence, and also thinking about business model, because uh, we're, we're in a world where equally the world disruption is being bantered around all over the place. Every, everybody's getting disrupted. It's all about disruption. And, and really try to get behind that to say, okay, well, who is really de getting disrupted at what speed? Uh, and how do you defend as a large corporation against uh, potential disruptors? Uh, underlying all this, obviously, there's a big layer of, of uh, what I would call a digital platform, which is the next evolution of the of the IT platforms that needs to happen, and also a massive endeavor uh, around analytics, uh, because um, you know today we talk a lot about uh, big data and, and analytics, but it's if you look at these large corporations, just getting to the point where you can get the data that you need, and then getting to the point where you can 
take that data and make different decisions is, is a massive endeavor for, for this. And I'm talking about uh, you know, multi-billion dollar global organization that have got to go through these processes. So to me, the point of the exercise is really to understand how can I really transform my organization uh, through the use of digital technology with the main goal being, you know, can I actually get move the needle on my bottom line or my top line? Because that's what businesses are all about. Uh, I, I forgot to mention one thing, which I, I think I'd like to emphasize, which is equally important, is uh, in all of this, I still have the fundamental belief that despite the fact that these transformations are really technology-based and, and very complex technologically, there is still a massive human element behind that. So organizations are made of people, uh, and I think we have to understand that uh, as part of the transformation, if you don't get your people on board, uh, upgrade their skills, uh, and really engage them in this transformation, usually uh, it's not a good sign for, for, or for succeeding in this kind of transformation. So that's kind of how I, I view the world. It's a pretty broad topic. Not everybody's trying to do uh, you know, a floor to ceiling type of transformation. So you could start with the customer experience or you could start with operations. But fundamentally, these technologies are really going to touch every, every single point of the organization. And, and, and to some extent, that's one of the messages that I send in the book is that, you know, you, hence the need for a, a good strategy and a good vision because you could spend a, a ton of money trying to, uh, uh, you know, change everything in your organization because you can truly change every part of your organization with, with digital technology. So one of the exercises is really how do I focus my investment uh, to make sure that there is, a, there is a payoff and also that the organization can actually deliver uh, on, on the vision and on the strategy. One of the pieces that I think is, is so interesting is the fact that we're always talking about putting the customer in the center. And why is that so important for digital transformation? So I think that's a, so that's a good point. I, to be honest, in fact, uh, up until a few years ago, uh, if you start a conversation about digital transformation with most executives, you'd end up talking about digital marketing, social media, and, and this kind of discussion. Uh, primarily because the major focus, I, I don't know, it's probably not 100%, but certainly a large percentage, maybe 80% of the activity was focused on the, on the front end. And to be honest, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, customers are what the firm's all about. Uh, so it's, it's quite right to start with the customers, but I think it's, it's probably missing a big point in terms of uh, the other potential parts of the firm that you need to align. Um, and, and, and by that, I mean that, you know, for instance, if you take a, 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 um, an application for where you're changing uh, your, your, the way that you connect with your customer, uh, you know, probably a big part of the work is going to be around the customer experience, but a big part is going to be about how do I deliver on that promise from an operational perspective. And if you think about uh, e-commerce or, uh, you know, short-run delivery or the last mile for, for uh, if you're in the retail in the, uh, industry, these are all operational issues that you have to solve at the back of the customer experience. So, so the reason mainly that, that people, in my view, started with customer experience is, is, uh, is you know, a good reason, which is uh, you know, how do we really improve um, the customer experience uh, from, from this kind of silo uh, delivery that we had. And also because digital has just multiplied the touch points so much uh, that we have you know, kiosks, loyalty cards, uh, social channel, I mean, you name it. Uh, we have a you know, multitude of touch points with, with the client that it's actually becoming more and more complex to connect in a seamless way with your customers. And hence, all these uh, uh, projects and, 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 and endeavors that we've seen over the last few years around multi-channel uh, integration, because 
this is an incredible difficult exercise to do and i think it's quite right uh, to start with the with the client probably also uh, you know as, as you go in front of your board and ask for investment it's probably easier if you say it's about customer than if you say it's about something else in your organization so there's probably that as well but i think the focus on on the customer for me it's uh, you know every transformation uh, that i've seen being successful has always been fairly customer centric and really taking an outside view of the of the um, of the organization because uh, you know most most industries today are facing a set of clients that are fundamentally changing themselves and we talk a lot about millennials uh, but i think it's not just uh, age groups that are changing so it's not just demographics that drives that it's actually behavior uh, so we are seeing uh, you know and if you look at the research you will find that um, demographics is only uh, a good indicator, but you find a very uh, traditional and, and conservative thirty-year-old uh, and a very digital savvy fifty-five-year-old. So, so you, you cannot be a perfect guide. But so, so that is really important because the way that these people want to, want to interact in the firm, want to engage in the firm uh, with firms are, are fundamentally different. And and the more traditional corporation, I've, I've really got to understand that to really recalibrate uh, how you want to do banking. Or, or you know, I'm, I'm, I've been banking with the same bank for 15 years. I love them and I've never talked to any single employee in all these 15 years. And I'm quite happy with that. So, so you know, so those are the kind of things that that are, are really ch changing the way that we that we connect with our with our with our customers. We have a, an interesting comment from Arsalan Khan on Twitter. And he's asking, he he's he's pointing out something that I was going to ask you about, which is 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 it fair to say that digital transformation is the business process reengineering of our our time, or is there something different here? Yeah, so so it's a very good question. I, I really like that question because the uh, I actually believe so. I think you have to look at it as a portfolio. Uh, so digital reengineering, reengineering as as bad press. I don't know why, but it has bad press. But uh, I think yes, a part of digital transformation is about reengineering. So in other words, if you're touching, if you think about a, a, a two-way matrix where, uh, on the one hand, you're not really covering the entirety of your value chain. So you're talking at you're looking maybe at a single department like maintenance, for instance, something like that. And on the other hand, it doesn't really have an impact on your uh, on your business model, then you are truly in the world of re-engineering with digital tools. And you know what? There is nothing wrong with that. Uh, actually, I love projects and programs, and I love to see clients who have got a good dose of this kind of re-engineering uh, uh, aspect to it, because that is a route to a faster, faster payback. Uh, and it's also the route to raise investment capacity that you can then invest in the things that are truly uh, transformative. So the, in other words, the things that are much more complex to deliver from a value chain perspective. And I, I mentioned multi-channel integration, for instance, that covers, you're starting to work right across the silos of organization or the things that are changing your business model. And if you think about, um, you know, what GE has done with, with the, uh, you know, the industrial internet and, and credits, uh, I think that's a good example of a digital transformation that's fundamentally changed the nature of your business, how you go to market, uh, the kind of skill set that you have to hire and so on and so forth. So, so I think you have to think about I think like a portfolio of activity where some of it will be more re-engineering, some of it will be twitching your business model with, but with not uh, really uh, changing too much. So think about uh, insurance companies selling insurance by the hour on the mobile phone. You know, that's, that's a fundamentally new uh, offering, but it's not really changing your fundamental business model. Then you have the really complex 
I would say, cross-value chain uh, type of transformation. So uh, if you think about banks and, and telecom back office system, it's a, it's a mind-boggling uh, endeavor to actually start uh, you know, modernizing and automating uh, this kind of system. And then you have the G example I've just taken, where, where it's uh, complex from a, from a value chain perspective and complex from a business model perspective. And these are the kind of the moonshots and the big bets that, that people are taking. And, and, and I think G has got a, you know, if you think about when, uh, how long it, it, they've taken to actually do that, a company like GE, you know, four years is a very short time. So that's, a, that's an example of a, uh, an impressive uh, an impressive case but I, I love the question because people tend to think always about oh it's disruption we have to change everything no i think you have to think uh, every every type of this uh, within a big digital transformation you have different type of programs and each of them have got a different risk profile a different investment profile and a different timeline uh, and i think it's good to manage it as a portfolio so you can edge your bets and your risk and, and, and your investments so to it's very interesting, very interesting to hear you describe it as a portfolio of activities with their own investment, their own timeline. To what extent are companies making the, the big bet change that you were talking about at the, at the extreme? I mean, if you, if you read the press, it seems like every other company is you know, completely <laughs> rethinking their whole, their whole business. But I suspect—I uh, was going to say—but yeah, I suspect it's not quite. You're quite right. So, so I see different types of companies. I think there are companies. You're, you're absolutely right. Where we have uh, big discussions around, uh, you know, what if uh, we get disrupted over the next three years? Uh, we need to change our business model completely. Uh, you know, it's going to be a radical change for our capabilities and so on and so forth. Uh, and then when you look at the digital transformation roadmap, it's mainly optimization. It's mainly optimizing the existing. Uh, and so on. So, in other words, there's a there's a there's a gap between uh, the, the strategic thinking and the actual delivery. Um, so, I think uh, so. That's one case. I, I do think that, and this is why I, I really emphasizing this notion of of managing as a portfolio, because you need to have both your eyes on protecting what you've got today. So, you know, you're getting attacked in your backyard on on, on a daily basis by all sorts of competitors. Uh, being the traditional ones, but also ones you've never heard of, or or people that are not even in your in your industry. So you got to protect that backyard, and at the same time, you have to keep an eye on you know what is the future state of of my organization if I want to be successful in this new world. So you have to to have two kind of heads all the time, and to some extent, design your programs that way. Uh, and ends my my point about about uh, a portfolio because the way you tackle them, those initiatives are very different. So for instance, let me give you an example. You can um, if you uh, if you if you think it's technology might have a, an impact on your on your organization, but you're not sure, things like uh, AI or, or others or robotics or anything today or 3D printing, uh, then it's quite okay to have a, a, a sort of a sort of edge, what I call edge innovation. You know, you, you have a, a sandbox where or an innovation department that actually talks about this technology, trial them out, see whether it's some application. So this this is a long term process. Because it you know it takes a while to to nurture those technologies and bring them to, to the business side. Uh, it's also a reason, reasonably uh, limited risk for an organization to do that. If you're in a case where your business model is entirely dependent on an acquisition of skills, uh, so uh, for instance, if you're a bank and you have very little 
data analytics capability today, then your route may be more on acquisitions. So, uh, you know, because that's the speed to market becomes essential for your strategy. So the acquisition becomes, uh, uh, you know, a, a nice way or, or a quick way, at least if not, it's not, not cheap, but a quick way uh, to get access to these skills. Equally, uh, I mentioned earlier on the very complex uh, transformation that, that some of industries are, are contemplating today. You can do it in-house, but you can also greenfield. So in other words, you could, you could have a few companies are actually doing that as we speak, which is basically rather than if I know it's going to take 10 or 15 years for me to change my core systems and my core processes within the firm, then is it not quicker to start with a greenfield operation where I can build a stack which is completely different uh, of new technologies, uh, new processes, uh, uh, you know, targeting a certain segment of clients and then slowly migrate uh, my existing base to that. So, so I think that's, again, the notion of every piece of the portfolio, as I've described earlier, has got different ways to, to, to go to market, whether you have time or not, uh, whether you have money or not. Uh, and it includes things like, uh, uh, you know, innovation uh, processes that you could put in place, whether it's a fund or, or, or a sandbox or, or a, an innovation center in California or whatever, or whether it's acquisition uh, or, or even greenfield. So that's kind of the, the, the panoply, I would say, of tools that you, you can use to actually deliver on that. But, but the point you made is very valid. You, you have to do that because you have to keep an eye on what you can optimize today, which is worth doing through, through technology and this kind of re-engineering uh, aspect, but also the, the, the part that's really potentially going to start touching your business model and therefore creating uh, you know, some, some real uh, danger in, in, in your competitive position. And, and this lot has to be tackled too through uh, acquiring capabilities, uh, understanding where the market is gonna end up uh, and really taking a position uh, early on. The, the trick that's the most difficult in all of this, uh, and, and I see uh, most CEOs I talk to really struggle, is everybody talks about disruption, but nobody's putting a timeline on it. So, and for, for a businessman, if, you're, if it's all gonna collapse or, or go pear-shaped in two years or in 20 years, it has massive different implications, as you can imagine. And I think so, so part of the strategy part of, of, of digital transformation, I think really needs to crack uh, in, 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 a, you know, in a pretty deep and fundamental way, how long are we talking about? So, and, and you, because if you're, uh, I'll give you an example where, where this is, uh, becomes an impediment actually. So you, I, I see a lot of uh, uh, financial service institution, for instance, uh, telling me that we are being disrupted left, right and center by all these startups and the businesses, uh, you know, you, you listen to them, you think the business is gonna collapse tomorrow morning. And then a month later, they publish their results and it's up 20% on profits, up 10% on sales or whatever. Uh, and therefore, and, and this is good, but, but the problem is that you're, you, there is no way to generate uh, the need and the excitement uh, to actually transform because so there's no pressure from the top. If you're in trouble, it's easy uh, because you're, you know, what I call the, the sort of crisis induced type of transformation, they're easier because uh, you, have a, you have a natural enemy, which is your, your business is, is, is uh, degrading very fast. So if you think about uh, uh, the post office business, for instance, uh, you know, it's clear that the letter business is, is going down like, like, like a stone and it's not going to come back anytime soon. So you have to think about a fundamental shift uh, in your business. If you're in the bank or, or, in, or in the pharmaceutical or, or, or some of these industry and, you know, your results are great and year on year you're still growing and, and making good money, then it's harder for uh, maybe not the CEO, but at least to convince 
a sufficient population uh, of your exec to actually have the, the empathy and, and, and the willingness to really change the organization. So I think this notion of pressure is, is, is really important. So you've been talking about the business and really the human element of transformation. But you mentioned earlier when we were talking about the components, what is digital transformation? You mentioned earlier about platforms and data. And so we know that technology has some role to play here. And right. what, what is the role of tech? <laughs> but it's, it's huge. I mean, it, it's huge because, uh, um, you know, it's, so first of all, I think the notion that, uh, and, and it's, you know, it's a notion that I've been fighting against for a long time, that we have technology on one side of the organization and then the business on the other is, is such an old fashioned concept. I, I mean, I think we've got to get rid of that uh, as soon as we can. Uh, unfortunately, that's how we designed organization, uh, you know, 90 years ago. And, 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 and you know that, that the, you know, for, for a very long time, the IT department or the technology department had the, the virtual monopoly of technology introduction in the firm. And we know that is gone. You know, this world is finished. But it goes further than that. I think the, the education of executives in, in organization needs to change. Uh, by education, I don't mean your university degree, but, but, but what you self-learn personally, uh, it's, it is virtually impossible for uh, uh, in a company to have executives today that are absolutely zero tech savvy competencies. You know, it, it's impossible because, uh, and, and, and you know, in the US, I must have at least uh, collected 15 business cards of people whose job it is to be CTO of marketing. And I always said, you know, what the hell is that? And, 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 and uh, you know, they usually tell me, well, you know, there is so much technology just around the marketing function or just around the automation of marketing tasks that you need to actually start sifting through all of this technology to really truly understand what that can do to your business. So, so, my, so my point is uh, technology uh, at, you know, with a big T uh, has a role to play in at, at any point of this transformation. It's, it's not gonna go away. Uh, and, and I think it's more the opposite. It's more, I think the, the, we, we're seeing more of a fusion between uh, IT and the, and the business side where IT uh, people have got to be much more educated around the business uh, challenges uh, and the business strategies that the company is trying to do so become business people and, and equally the business people the business side has got to be much more attuned to what technology can do for them uh, it doesn't mean by the way that uh, each are going to replace each other that's not what I mean but I think um, there needs to be a, a lot more communication a lot more cross-functional collaboration between these two teams and therefore the uh, leveling the, even the language uh, uh, to be able to communicate is important. And it goes absolutely the best company I've seen in the research where, you know, companies where the business people were totally okay to have a, a technology conversation and the, the IT guys were totally okay to have a, a, a conversation about channel strategy. Uh, and that's where you want to end up at is, is people that are really, because there is no, the world where, with a few exceptions in, in, in maybe systems and records, but the world where we were having technology, uh, you know, developing in a dark corner, uh, all this kind of stuff, and making sure that the lights are switched on is over. I mean, the, 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 if you want to succeed in, in digital technology today or in digital transformation, you know, these two worlds have absolutely uh, uh, got to, to, to fuse. I mean, it's, it, and I've done, I must have done 55 or 60 projects which were usually titled, you know, how do we align uh, IT with a business strategy? I think this is again over. You know, it's not about alignment. It's really about fusion, and, and the way that you deliver these projects has got to be with 
cross-functional multi-skill team that includes IT, creatives, uh, marketing people, supply chain people, and so on. So, so we really have to sort of, to some extent, we're breaking down some of the natural barriers that we've built in organization over the years. And this is, as, as you know, in large organizations, very hard to do. So back to your question, um, technology with a big T is, is uh, to me, a 100% component uh, uh, part of, of digital transformation. And the IT groups within that, or the CTO groups within, within that, absolutely have got to play their part. You, you cannot do uh, uh, digital transformation properly without the complete collaboration of these communities. Uh, and, and I know uh, a few companies have tried, uh, and uh, I've, I've seen very, very few succeeding uh, without actually involving uh, the technology side of the business. I want to remind everybody that you are listening to CXO Talk. I'm Michael Krigsman, an industry analyst and the host of CXO Talk. And our guest today is Didier Bonnet, who is a senior executive with Capgemini Consulting and truly one of the pioneers uh, writing and researching digital transformation. So Didier, you were just talking about the need for business people to understand tech and technologists to understand the business. But when you have this kind of environment, what actually is the appropriate role for IT? In the best organizations that you've seen, what's the role of IT? Right. So, so, uh, so in, the, in the organization that I've seen, we were, uh, you know, were really successful at, at digital transformation. I think, first of all, uh, I will go back to a, a light motive of, of, of our research and, and, and the book, which is uh, it's, uh, leadership plays a massive role. So you just have to look at, at the leaders and, and some of the leaders that I see uh, uh, who, are, who are CIOs or CTOs uh, driving uh, or helping to drive this, this transformation are people that are absolutely understood what this transformation is about, uh, understood that uh, the way that you deliver, the way that you experiment uh, in, in, in the digital environment is very different uh, and, and, and are absolutely part of not only the delivery uh, of, of the system, but the conceptualization of, of the business problem and the business solution. So, so you do have to have a, a, a different mindset. I have also seen the opposite. I've seen people that have stayed in their traditional model of, of IT delivery. And, and I personally don't think there's a great future for, for, for these type of leaders because I think the world has moved on. But equally, I think we've gone a little bit too far sometime uh, in, in, in the press where, where I see a lot of this talk about bimodal IT and dual speed IT and you know as like the panacea of everything. I'm always a bit uh, careful because I think I've, I've seen uh, you know CIO actually running bimodal type IT within the, the IT department very effectively. Uh, so it's not a matter of taking out some responsibility for, for IT and putting it somewhere else, whether it's in marketing or somewhere else. It's more about can we actually have uh, these, these dual demands of, on the one hand, having some systems which are absolutely fundamental to the corporation uh, being run with 100% safety, 100% reliability, if you think about the back office of a bank, for instance, or a transaction processing system. And that is not going to change. You're still going to have to have this level of uh, utmost security and, and delivery. But on the other hand, you have a, a, a more, uh, I would say, uh, untraditional type of IT where you're doing a lot of piloting, a lot of proof of concept, uh, a lot of uh, you know, data capture. So you can actually trial uh, many more experiments. 
and then if they work, scale them. If they don't work, throw them out and move on. And and the type of competence uh, of people that you put in these two boxes are, are very different. The type of IT, as you know, uh, delivery process, delivery methods that you use are very different. And you know, I won't. I was promised myself I would not mention the word agile, but I've just done it. So, 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 so you know what I mean. But so, so all this is is very different. However, it doesn't mean that they have to be separated from the technology function. I, I've seen cases where it's worked extremely well uh, when it stayed within within the IT department because the technology leaders had the the perspective, the view, and the vision to say, yeah, I I, I get what you're trying to do. I understand, uh, and I will you know reshape my IT department very very differently. Equally. We've seen examples where uh, you know the the IT leadership stays in this traditional mode of you know everything you say ends up with a, a, a two or three months of, of uh, you know requirements uh, gathering with the with the business and and uh, and, and that doesn't work. You know? So so people have recreated uh, IT function or, or or digital IT function separate uh, from the traditional IT. So you don't have to do it. It just depends uh, the kind of leadership and competence and. and capabilities you have within within the IT function and that's why you've also seen propping up uh, you know digital divisions uh, or, or or digital development units uh, all over the place is really to try to to capture that kind of, of, of new developments that is absolutely essential uh, to the world of digital but, but I don't think there's a silver bullet that says it should be in IT or we should uh, throw away all the old IT and start with, you know you need you need both and you need a little bit of of, you need a lot of leadership uh, from both sides, the business and the technology, to really figure out what is the best solution for your particular organization. Uh, because, for instance, and the for your particular organization can be very cultural. So, if you're a highly decentralized organization and you're building a very centric and centralized type of IT, uh, digital IT solution, it's very hard to make it work. So, so you have to really figure out. Uh, how the organization is constructed, what's the culture of the organization, how people work, how it's, how it's structured uh, in order to, to do effectively this kind of IT development and, and digital development. We have a, uh, a, an interesting question from Shelly Lucas on Twitter. And, you know, we always talk about the best practices with high-performing organizations. And Shelly's asking, is there something that you have seen that in relation to digital transformation out in the field that just shocked you? Yes, uh, there's many, uh, many. Uh, I've seen um, so a few shocking things. Uh, one, I'll tell you the main one, and, and it's, it's, uh, it was a surprise to me. Uh, I, I, I've always had uh, an eye on the human aspect of this change uh, for, for obvious reasons. Because I, I've studied organization for a long time, I know that organization is just a collection of people at the end. And if you don't get the people aligned and engaged, they, nothing will happen. So, so I spent quite a bit of time trying to understand, you know, how is it that we are currently facing one of the biggest skill change or skill improvement or skill uplift uh, in our corporation? Uh, suddenly, the biggest I've seen in my career, where we all have to make an effort within organization to really challenge ourselves, to reskill ourselves whether you're in marketing or in technology or, or anywhere. And yet, I've very rarely seen the HR departments in large organizations being in the game or at least in the driving seat. Okay. That was one of the big shocks for me. And, I've, uh, and there's a few exceptions. And I've seen a couple of firms where 
where uh, HR were, were, was really taking on the, the baton. Usually the people that were caring were the operations people, the COO uh, or the CIO, or you know, the people that really understood that, oh my God, you know, we've got to get the people with us, or we've got to upskill the whole uh, marketing department to, to be able to, uh, to, to, to handle those digital capability, or we don't have any, um, you know, we talk about analytics, but we don't have any data scientists to, to, to speak of. So where do we get them? You know, so that kind of stuff. So, so this skill change is, is really important, but mainly it was driven by the business. And, and I think uh, uh, my, my plea to corporation is we have to really, you know, rather than counting the number of days holidays, uh, there's a bigger problem. You know, there, there's a problem that needs to be tackled, which is how do we mass scale? And we're talking about scale sometimes of hundreds of thousands of people. How do we mass scale uh, our, our population? Because otherwise, you will end up, which is happening in, already in some firm, with a, a kind of two-speed community. You know, so it's not two-speed IT anymore, but it's two-speed community of people who get it and people who don't. And, and there are plenty of things that, that uh, and when I say HR, it, it, it's, it's not, uh, I'm not pointing the finger at the department or anything. It's largely the people who care about the development of the people within an organization and being able to design programs uh, that really reskill the organization. and, and of course, it's about hiring and training, but it's also about incubating, it's about partnering, it's about uh, you know, doing reverse mentoring program, Wh whatever tools you can use, there's a whole panoply of them uh, that you need, or building your own uh, transformation university, which many, many companies are doing right now. So it's using this tool to really skill en masse uh, your population, because uh, if you, uh, you know, one, one of the findings we had from, from the research was when you ask corporations, what is the biggest impediment to you accelerating your transformation, uh, your digital transformation, uh, in 80% of the case or 77% of the case, uh, the answer was capabilities and skills, people. So, so we got to tackle that problem uh, because it's not going to go away. Um, and we don't have the luxury of waiting until all the people who are not skilled retire and then we have new ones. So, so I really, I really uh, you know, my plea to the community uh, in, in HR is really to rebuild. We used to call them in the old days uh, organizational development, management, development people. People who really get the business side of upskilling of, of an organization. And I think these people need to come out uh, or, or, be, or be hard uh, to really support the transformation because the business is already um, you know, overloaded with, with digital initiatives and, and, and transformation. And we really need support from every function in the firm. So that was a big surprise for me. Uh, um, uh, during during the research, uh, the the other one was a number of people that um, you know would say uh, that I'm talking now uh, the CEOs mainly who would say yes digital transformation is really important but uh, I will wait until my competitors move uh, or, or I will wait until something else happened uh, and be a fast follower um, and, and and you know the number of people or, or delegating or saying oh yeah. I put one guy uh, on the job to look after digital transformation and you find out the, the person is level minus five in the organization. So you know from the start that this is not going to work. So the, the, this lack of awareness, and it, I think it's getting better with the, with the years, but this lack of awareness of what we're talking about here, which is not another fad, uh, you know, another technology fad that's going to go away in two years, but something that's really profoundly going to change the shape and, and the operation of your organization. So those would be the two, the two main ones. We have, we have just a few minutes left. Now, where does all of this go? Where is the future of 
digital transformation. And maybe you can give us a glimpse into some of the research topics that you're focused on next, because I know, I know you're beginning your research and your writing cycle, authoring cycle. So where, where are we going? So, uh, yeah, so this is a question I get all the time. It's, it's, you know, it says, Didier, you keep talking about digital transformation, but surely now everything is digital, so we should stop, stop talking about digital transformation. And, and I wish it were true. Unfortunately, it, it isn't. Uh, uh, I think we, you know, on, on balance, I think uh, very, very few corporations have really truly transformed to the point where they are, they are totally at ease with integrating all this technology. Uh, and second, the flow of technology is just not going to stop. Uh, so whether we like it or not, and I have a lot of clients saying, oh, I wish, you know, the, uh, the, this technology would just stop for two or three years so we can integrate all this and then we'll, we'll see the next wave. But that's, that ain't going to happen. So we're going to see uh, more uh, advanced technology coming on board. Uh, the cycle time between research, prototyping uh, in the labs and going into the business world is reducing. I mean, think about, uh, you know, 3D printing. I mean, we're getting composite material 3D printed nowadays. and, and and it's already being trialed out in, in the business world. So really reducing cycle time. So I think, uh, you know, this, this agility, uh, it's, it's a bit like running a marathon. You know, you, you need to do a lot of digital transformation because it, it helps you to, to stay the course of the flow of all this technology. So, so where is it going? Uh, I, I think for the firms that are really, uh, I would say, at, at the forefront, the, the firms that we call digital master in the book, uh, I think what you're starting to see is fundamental change in the way that this corporation actually work. Uh, and and they're, they're around, uh, um, you know, not just the digital mindset, but the way that, uh, for instance, the, the organization is flattening. And, and I'm not a believer of a completely flat organization with no boss or anything. I don't buy that. But, but you do see uh, the, the, the organization flattening. You do see a lot more decision power through analytics coming closer to where the prime decision is being made or where, or where the important decisions are being made because you can at the same time delegate power but also control through, through data. So, so that is happening. Uh, and therefore, uh, the decision-based, uh, uh, database decision-making is becoming uh, more of a, of a way of operating for, for this kind of firm. Uh, and, and you're seeing also a lot of automation uh, happening, which has got uh, positive implication for productivity and efficiency, but also some uh, pretty negative uh, implications for, for, for staff and employment, uh, which we're going to have to tackle. So I think we, we, there's a layer of, of fundamental organizational change uh, that is happening to corporation, which is starting to change the shape of this 19-year-old of organization that we designed uh, basically on the military model where you know, information was cascading top-down, they were middle manager and all this kind of stuff. So I think we're seeing a crumbling of that. Uh, it's just it's very hard to figure out well what's the end game so we we try to put some flesh around that with the mit uh, to try to get at least some directions as to where the organization are going but it's very very hard uh, to figure out you know where where is the where is the end game but it's fundamentally going to change even the, the way we structured functions uh, within the firm i i believe uh, and then the second part of where the future is going is i think we've got to I, i'm a firm believer that we have to really recreate and reinvent corporate innovation um, you know, one of the things that uh, large firms are always scared by startups. Uh, it's always startups that are going to eat your lunch and you get, you know, suddenly tomorrow, uh, 200,000 people, uh, insurance organization is going to die being killed by two guys and a dog in San Francisco. Maybe. Uh, but I think the corporation can fight back. You know, there's one lever that corporation can use is scale. 
because that's what if you talk to startups, that's what they want. They want scale. They want uh, geographical spread. They want distribution channels. So it's how we need to really fundamentally reinvent uh, the way that corporates actually do innovation. And and it's it's quite a complex endeavor uh, because it's again it, it touches not just the, the creativity. The problem with innovation is not ideas. Everybody's focusing on ideas, but that's that's the least of the problem. You can get ideas from everywhere. The problem is then how do I get my idea to the to a business application through uh, you know through, through my organization through prototyping through testing through experimentation and then being able to scale. So today I think quite a few corporations have got the idea of, or I've got the the, the concept of I, I I get the point where I can see uh, and conceptualize a solution and drive it down to proof of concept. That's a lot of companies are doing that, but I still see clients that have got the proof of concept running for two or three years because they can't scale it. There is no process with their organization to scale it, no capabilities to do so. So I really believe that the, the, the two frontiers that we're uh, looking at right now, one is this notion of how is the shape of the organization going to change once our organization are very transparent, very data-driven, and so on and so forth. And, and therefore, what is it that we need and don't need uh, in this new world to actually operate this organization? And second, how do we actually um, institution use our scale to really completely reinvent the way that corporation uh, actually do innovation. And it's not about, uh, you know, talking to free startups. I mean, open innovation and, and, and digital innovation is not about talking to startups or taking your board to Silicon Valley to meet with Google and Apple. That, that helps uh, on the cultural side, but you really need to fundamentally change some of the processes, systems, and, and culture within your organization to really drive this change. And, and in particular, being able to scale because the scaling is where the business case lies, not not in the prototype. Sorry, I'm being passionate, but that's, those are two topics, by the way, that we are we're starting to research with the MIT right now. Wow. Well, you have given us an incredible amount of advice, and uh, this time has gone by so quickly. So I would like to thank Didier Bonnet, who is the senior vice president and is and global practice leader for. Capgemini Consulting, for taking the time and speaking with us today. Didier, thank you. Thank you. You have been watching episode number 205 of CXO Talk. Next week, there is no show because of Thanksgiving in, here in the U.S., but we'll be back the following week, and I hope you'll join us. Thanks so much, everybody, and have a great day.